corporate brands are the hardest to grow on social media because they are a business. They're not an individual person. And people do want to connect with that individual person. So how can you do that? How can you make a corporate brand more personable? You introduce the people in the business. Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Welcome back to the show, you guys. We're in episode 25. And in this episode, I want to introduce you to our guest. We're going to be joined by Nicole Smith. She is the founder and CEO of Socialized. Now, I'm inviting Nicole on the show because we recently started sort of just flicking business back and forth. And she's really good at social media marketing. And I don't do organic social media marketing in my business website, Love. And I was on the hunt for somebody that does really great work for that sort of B2B service-based business space. And she excels at really telling the story of your brand and creating incredible professional content. I'm going to let her tell you more about that coming up soon. But just a couple of interesting tips, or I guess pointers around Nicole is that she's had over 10 years in social media content creation and coaching. So she knows it really, really well. And she has created over 25,000 organic social media posts for their clients in their agency. She loves creating solutions for her clients. And you'll hear that as we go through the conversation. She does not just sit there and follow trends. She'll absolutely look at them, but that's not what she uses to create incredible content that people love. So I'm excited to bring you into my network, you guys, and start to sort of introduce you to some of these incredible people that I'm referring business to that I'm working with as well. And Nicole is definitely one of them. So let's welcome Nicole to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome, Nicole, to the show. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited about today. I'm excited to have you too, because I know how good you are at your job and I want to show you off to our listeners. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because I feel like you do things a little bit differently when it comes to social media marketing. And we're going to talk about that coming up shortly. But I want to start with just getting people to know you a little bit more, because I know you are busy like the rest of us. We're growing our businesses. It can get a little crazy. Yeah. So think to either your business, I'm happy for you to answer it from that perspective, or your clients. What are three tips that you've picked up recently for growing a business without that sort of crazy hustle, manic energy? So I think one of the key things, and it's become even more prevalent now as businesses start to niche. And it's a used a lot. It's really just knowing your ideal client. But I think what people get caught up in, especially if they're maybe in the early stages of business or early stages of online marketing, they do try and have this scattergun approach. Yeah. And they're trying to be all things to all people. But the reality is, you know, most businesses might need 100 clients or 50 clients or 200 clients. And you can niche. You know, if you're a local business, you can niche. And when you niche down and really understand who that ideal client is, you can attract more of those people that one, as a business owner, you want to work with, which I think, you know, a lot of business owners forget that. They go into business because 
They want to do the things that they want to do and they want to deal with the people that they like. But if you try to be all things to all people, you end up getting people in your business that aren't those people. So true. So, you know, I always say your ideal client is one that is looking for your services, but they're also the client that pays your bills on time, that really loves the value that you provide and you don't have to resell them every time you speak to them, which we don't, we want those clients. We all get them and we all think we're going to learn by them and some of us do and then some don't and still kind of go after that broader range. So it's really like that blue sky client, that's what I say, is really focus on that client and get more of those. And they will sell you to more people like them, but they will bring you the best reviews. You'll get to do the best work with them. And you'll also be most passionate about talking about them because you love working with them. I love that. Niche, guys. Yes. And I like how you just said you took it in a different direction as well. You didn't talk necessarily about like the demographic or some of that stuff. You brought it more to the values than almost people you love working with to pay you on time. You don't have to resell your value every single time. I like that slant because I haven't heard that in a long time. So a good one. Yeah. Like I think that's an important reminder as to why you're in business. Yeah. You're not a registered charity. You don't have to deal with people just because they need help you know, you can make the decision to work with people that match your values as a business. And then that's definitely what we do. And I really encourage our clients to do that. Yeah. And you could do it at any stage because, you know, you might've got your business to a certain point and then you now need to exchange out some clients. And so what are the five clients in your business? What do they look like that you love? So you want to attract more of those. And then, then you might be able to say kind of, Sack is a harsh word, but you might say to some of your clients, look, we're not a good fit anymore. Or you might put your prices up, yeah. you know, and then that's a way to move some people on if they don't see the value in that and you attract more that are happy to pay. Yeah. And, you know, if you're doing good work, then you should be paid for it. <laughs> so That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's tip number two? We have niche. Yeah. What else? Share the load. Oh. Yeah. And I think... As a factor of being online, there's often this discussion around one person, one entrepreneur in a business who does the social media, who drives it. But you and I, we deal with a lot of local businesses. Yeah. There might be big businesses, there might be medium sized businesses, might be small businesses, but a range of them have got other people in the business. So, you know, it's empowering your team to say part of our marketing efforts are to create social media content. And you might do that by, you know, depending how big your team is, you might KPI some of the team to create content. You might provide bonuses to be able to do certain amount of content, like the point system. There might be a leveraging of personal brand. There might be a showcasing of people in the business and, you know, for their good work. It's a whole range of ways you can do it and it depends on the business, but there are ways to share that load of creating content for the business that doesn't have to fall on just a business owner. Mm, I like that. And just a question on that as well. So if you were to get your team involved in creating content for you, what would that look like? Do they write captions? Do they do videos? Do they actually go in to do designs in Canva? Like what would you say they could do? So you can have a range of people in your business yep. that have got different roles. So not everyone would get on a video. So say it was a salesperson in your business, you might encourage them to do a video. But if it's a back office person, you might get them to put together three tips of something in your business that from their perspective, you know, they can contribute to that creation of social media, 
but they don't necessarily have to get on camera because they're not a front of office kind of thing. So there's different ways to do that. But what you do is you create a framework that helps them create content. So that's the ideal client. Like, so again, we've got that ideal client and, you know, there might be one to three clients because you might have a business client, you might have a consumer client, you might have a referral partner. So there might be some different kind of content that you create for that. Then what are the 10 problems that they have? Yeah. What are some ideas? And, you know, you could have a, a matrix of that where people cross off and go in and sort of, I'm doing this one this month. But it, you could have five people do the same content as well in a different way. Because remember, no one's checking what content you did and crossing off from a list to say that, oh, two of your people did the same content last month. You know, no one cares. So it's all about that ideal client seeing more content from yours, which increases your brand, but also really enables you to connect more with that niche market that you're trying to attract. Really smart. You guys share the load. All right. Tip three. What's that one? People want to connect with people. So it's about, unfortunately, getting on camera, which some people don't like. (laughs) And whether that's a static image of someone's face or it's getting on video, it is, especially with a corporate brand, corporate brands are the hardest to grow on social media because they are a business. They're not an individual person. And people do want to connect with that individual person. So how can you do that? How can you make a corporate brand more personable? You introduce the people in the business. So that covers on often a couple of areas in terms of it enables the corporate brand to connect more with that ideal client because they're seeing who the people are within the business. You get to show depth to the business so the range of people in your business doing different tasks. And for some businesses, that could be really relevant to show that they've got the resources to support new clients or they've got a range of expertise or even businesses that have got existing clients who maybe are not attracting a lot of new leads. You know, some businesses don't want a lot of leads maybe because of the type of business that they are, but they want to be able to engage and retain their existing clients. So existing clients love to see the person that they deal with on a regular basis up on social media. They're the ones that will make comments and like posts and share them. So that's another reason. And then there's also the business factor in terms of retention of employees. If you can showcase some of the really valuable people or all of the really valuable people in your business, that's great for them. You know, they feel valued. They feel like they're being seen, that their work is being valued and their friends and family can see what they do. This is really smart because it sort of feeds into the share the load concept as well, because you're getting your team to not only create content from like tips and that side, but also to be multiple faces of the business. Yeah. So you're not always having to think it has to be all about you as the founder or, you know, things like that. But I think the question I would have around that is because I can hear people thinking, oh my gosh, I love this idea, but how do I get the team to buy into it? Like, what if they hate video or what if they literally don't even want to have a photo taken of them? Do you have any tips around that? Yeah. So like, I think there's a ways to ease into it. I love to use analogies and I often use property because they're the good ones. But this one isn't a property one. You know, like when we're little, when we're little kids and we learn to ride a bike, we don't kind of go straight out of the womb onto a two-wheeler and then, you know, hit the Olympics. Like we learn to crawl, walk, and then we get a bike Mm. that's maybe got some training wheels and then our mum and dad might kind of lift the training wheels up a little bit and then they might take one off and then they might take both off. And so with social media, there's ways to ease into it. It might be a 
post about a person with no picture. And then the next time it might be a small picture or in with other people or from a video perspective, it might be a voice recording on a podcast style social post. So they're getting experience with their voice and then they might get on a video with someone else. You know, there's different ways or they might get on a video, you know, doing some sort of like a TikTok style or a real video that they're not talking on it yet, but they're maybe having a bit of fun, but they're just getting more experience with being on camera. And that is just a practiced skill. It's really just easing into it. And, you know, like you want to carrot your team to do that rather than a stick because it is, it could be a really fearful thing for some people to get on camera, but you'll also have people within your business that are like gung-ho and they want to get out there and do TikTok videos. And so you (laughs) want to have a good measure of how you're controlling that content creation, that it's in line with what you want to create, but you're letting the people who want to do the extra steps do it. And then you're giving the other team members a way to do it in a different way. I love that. And some may never want to get on camera, you know, some will and some won't, but give them other ways to be able to contribute to the content creation. So smart, you know, because oftentimes you'll go to somebody on your team or or a client and be like, okay, so we're going to get you, you know, on social media and they're straight away they're thinking video reels, like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But you've given a really great alternative, which is almost approaching a team member and saying, look, here's a really great list of ideas of how you could be featured. What are you most comfortable with? So you're letting them have that flexibility and freedom of choosing what's right. And you've just given so many ideas on what they could do as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, and it's just like feeling like we all want you to, you know, you're saying to your team, we all want to showcase you because we think you're all amazing. We really want your help. Yeah. That's a really strong point to make. Owner of the business needs the help of the people in the business to be able to make this social media content machine work but we also are conscious of you trying to do it at a pace that works with you. And hopefully that over time you might want to do some of these things, but we also want to give you a space within which you can contribute in other ways. And like you said, creating stuff on Canva, you know, creating carousels, just pulling together some of that caption content contribute. There might be a joint post between someone does a video and someone else writes the caption. You know, there are lots of ways in a business that everyone can contribute. So many ways. Yeah, this is a really good angle. I like this because in other interviews on the show, oftentimes team is always a theme that comes into it. And the fact that when you go into that hustle mindset, oftentimes you don't reach for help. You almost forget. You go very inside and insular and stressed out and overwhelmed. And so I even love this from this angle that it comes back even from the social media aspect. It doesn't have to be all about you, you guys. (laughs) No, 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 that's right. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, Six Things Your Website Needs to Get More Customers, or download the ultimate checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. I want to 
recap on those three points. So number one was niche. Number two was share the load. Number three, was it get on camera? Not necessarily you, but your team. Was that the key point from that one? Yeah, that's right. And I think just that theme is people connect with people. Yeah. So whatever that is, there's a people element in there that that's what people want to be able to connect with rather than just a corporate brand. Really great tips. So I want people to hear how you work with businesses. And Mm -hmm. I want you to think of somebody recently that perhaps you got a really extraordinary result for and walk us through, happy for you to say the company or not, it's up to you, but walk us through this sort of before and after and how you worked with this specific person. Yeah. So we work with uh, quite a lot in the financial services space. So one of the businesses that we work with, and they're called Financial Foundations Australia. Cool. And we've worked with them for quite a few years now. And they started out with us creating, we were creating content for them. We've taken them on a real journey whereby they've in the process of getting their website redone, but we've had photos taken of the business that really, really reflect the business that we're working with them now to get those case studies of their ideal client. So we've really worked on that niching. So for them, they're a fairly high net worth advice practice, but now they're really speaking that language, you know, of the types of clients that they attract. Yeah. And so everything they do is now based around who that client is, but also their values as a business. So they have a very particular approach to how they want their team to feel about their values, about how their clients, you know, whether they want their clients to perceive the values of the business. And it's been really exciting to watch them really embrace it and the whole team, you know, get on board with creating content and for us. And some of the team getting, you know, who are already quite brave in their getting on camera and building a brand. And we see that with things like, you know, tax lawyers and financial planners and accountants getting on TikTok now. And, you know, I always encourage new clients to sort of not get pigeonholed into who they think is on these platforms. I say think less about who is on the platforms because you can look at the stats and they'll tell you who the demographics are, the majority of people on the platforms, but there's always outliers. And the reality is if you're, you choose the platforms that work for you, if you've got your story right, you will connect with whoever is on that platform that is right for you. And so it's really just getting your story right for who that ideal client is. And they've been a classic example of really improving their brand presence and you know, getting a lot braver with their content. Mm. And, you know, and I think it's been really exciting to see, especially with an industry like financial advice. And I've been in that industry for a long time and it's quite conservative. Yeah. And so, you know, it's really great to see these businesses their clients be really happy to see their advisors on social media. And what I say, and this is a classic business where these sorts of businesses don't always want a lot of new leads. They want certainly want some new leads, but they've got a big client base of existing clients that they want to stay front of mind to. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, your clients are your best source of new clients. Always. Yes. It's way better to get referrals from existing clients and go out and get a cold client. So that's top of the list. But two, you want your existing clients to see value for what they're paying for you, especially if it's an ongoing arrangement, which a lot of industries have an ongoing, you know, recurring payment kind of arrangement, fee arrangement. So if you're not front of mind, it's harder for them to sort of see that value because you might be doing a lot of work in the background, but they don't see that. 
So you've got to be a little bit more obvious about what you do for them. And being in front of mind on social media allows you to do that. And so, you know, it's really important to have that engagement factor on social media. So with them, you basically helped them. I want to start with the one point you made at the start. You said something around having them speak in the language of their client and being able to tell their story. So did you work on that with them? How did you help them know what story to tell and what language and words to use? So it's really a process that we go through in asking the right questions. And when you start to go through the process of asking questions, you can sense the contradictions that come in. And so as an example, and it's not this client, but another client recently whereby I asked them the type of services that they offered in their business. And what they were showing on their website was one particular service, which further down in the questioning process, they told me was only 10% of their revenue. Oh. So I circled back and I said, okay, on everything I see tells me that this is kind of what your core business is, but you're telling me it's only 10% of your revenue and you don't really want to grow that. So your messaging on your website and everywhere else is not saying that. So then you know, as you go further on, you can start to say, okay, now we're going to drill down. Right. That is, you want to be a specialty in that space for sure, but it's not your core business. And then so that allows them to go, oh yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. You know, we've been thinking this and that's why we're attracting that instead of that type uh. of client. And so it's the questions you've got to ask and they've got to come to that realization and because it's hard to be objective with your own business because you're in it, you know, and so sometimes you need those outside eyes to be able to help you understand really, one, I'm seeing this and like I often say to them, well, you're telling me five things about your business, like number three, I mean, that is amazing. You should be having that up in lights, you know, that's an amazing kind of story about your business or gosh, that's a really great niche or, you know, whatever it might be. So like I like to look at the business and say, that's a great story. You should be highlighting that. And they're like, oh, okay, we didn't really think of that because a lot of businesses, you know, we're all guilty of it. We think that everyone knows what we do and that we don't do anything special and that, you know, everyone knows how to do this. And so we're not really talented. And But some businesses have got amazing stories or amazing expertise and they just need some outside eyes to sort of help them navigate that a little bit. See, that's where I think you are extraordinary is because you do this piece where a lot of people in the social media game that offer these services, they don't go to that level and they don't go to that step. It's more just looking at what's already there and going, oh, let's do more of that. It's a very unique skill set that you have to extract that information and be able to then turn it into a content plan. Yeah. So I love that you do that. So you do that with your clients, you bring out the story, you look at perhaps even what they're actually selling and help to refine that too. What do you then do from there? Do you actually then, because you mentioned before, sometimes you have the team create posts or content. Mm. How involved are you and your team in creating and posting content for a client? Yeah. So the key is my, I guess, focus in our business is to take away the blocks for them getting content on social media. So there's no point in us relying on a business to do certain things because it won't happen, right? (laughs) And I can tell straight up, like with a business, what resources that they've got, how involved they want to be, what stage they're at, you know, if they're kind of newbies in social media, what can I expect from them? And so I know it'll be a journey. So our focus is we create all of the posts. We create all the graphics, videos, the captions. We post it for them. It's scheduled. 
We do the monthly reports. They get to review it. Yeah. But if I see that they, you know, there might be certain people in the business that are keen to get involved and I'll say, well, okay, you know, if you're keen to do some stuff, how about you create a video on this and I'll test them out. And so each month we go along and I'll give them some ideas and we'll see what, you know, they come back and we'll start to refine the process. But it becomes very obvious whether they've got the resources in the business and not every business does have that. And so we'd have a relationship where if they can contribute, great. If they can't, they can't, you know, we might find other ways that they can do it. We might sort of, sometimes with some businesses, I say, okay, rather than you asking someone in the business to do something, let me get on a call with them and I'll interview them and then we'll get a transcription from it and we'll use some of it in a podcast I'll post. Oh, wow. You know, so we'll do some things like that. It's really like, what sort of resources do they have? How can we teach them to fish a little bit and do some of the stuff that blocks them from getting their content out on a consistent basis? But how can we improve the story by getting their personal presence and contribution to it? So good, because then they really feel like they are in the posts that go out. Yeah. What's your take on kind of a side note, but I'm just curious about your thoughts on using AI tools to generate captions and content for social media. Do you think it's helpful? Yeah, for sure. Like we use it a lot and I encourage clients. I'm a big believer of sometimes it's easier to edit something than it is to create it from scratch. Yeah. You know, it can be a real mind block to get started and someone could procrastinate for six months on doing something just because they have to create it from scratch. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and especially when I, let's go back to this team factor, if I'm speaking to people on a business who are, they're not the owners, but they're the ones who've been tasked with running the relationship with us. And so they're trying to pull other people along in the business to do certain things. So I'll say, okay, go to ChatGPT and find five tips on something and give it to one of the team members who wants to create a video and get them to talk on that in 90 seconds. And there's your video shorts, you know? So excellent. You can't just take it and use it. It gives you a basis. And obviously you've got to know the information to be able to verify that it's correct because chat GPT is not always correct. So you've got to use it with that kind of knowledge around it. But it's absolutely a great way to have a starting point to do something. And even where I'm working with them, it's like we have a social media relationship, but often on the digital marketing relationship and they might be trying to do other things in their business like I say write case studies because social media is the thing that gets them back to the website. How are you converting them when they get to the website? So go and get sort of a framework to write a case study on a particular client and then give it to one of your advisors or chiropractors or and get them to fill out some of the detail. So, you know, I'm yeah. guiding them to do other things where they're trying to sort of fill in some gaps as well. Really smart. Yeah. And that's how I say to people to use the tool as well. It's a baseline. Yeah. So that's really it, you know, that's, and then you put your right. own knowledge into it. Yeah. Yeah, smart. yeah. And I think as a segue, like some businesses might be scared that, oh, you know, that's going to take over our job. I'm like, good luck to you if you no. think you can write all, all the social media that we do. Like it's time yeah. consuming and it's a real process. So it, that'll never happen. It's a great supporting tool for lots of businesses to use. So I, yeah, I encourage it a lot. Nice. So let's talk overwhelm. How do you handle, Nicole, in moments of more stressful times in your business? 
when you feel like, oh gosh, how am I going to handle all the stuff on my plate? Yeah. What are some tasks, like tools or mindset hacks or what do you do in those moments of overwhelm to get yourself through them? Yeah. I think when you work online, you could have like a million things that are running through your head and you can get very distracted by bright, shiny objects and new strategies. And sometimes it's really getting back to kind of, okay, what is your niche? Who are you trying to help? What's most important for revenue, for value for your existing clients, you know, and trying to sort of stick within that framework and having a core, I guess, to-do list versus a, you know, nice to have to-do list. Yeah. We can spread ourselves too thin a lot of the time. And so, yeah, just trying not to be all things to all people, getting rid of some services in your business that are not core, you know, which is what I've done. And really, we are really good at what we do in terms of that content creation piece and social media. And so there's lots of other things we could do that we could help other people with, but it's not core to what we do and we would spread ourselves too thin. So yeah, sometimes it's about saying no as well. Yeah, smart. Okay, love that. So I want to start to wrap up this episode and allow you to brag a little bit about yourself because oftentimes we don't get the opportunity to sit there and go, this is what makes me amazing. Yeah, yeah. But we've already heard a lot of amazing things that you do for your clients. But Thank you. What makes you different? Honestly, what makes you different, Nicole, and what you do? So I would think that, look, I'm really passionate about what we do. So I think that comes across in the clients that we do. I love finding out other people's stories. You know, I really love talking to a new business and getting excited about their possibilities and the things that they've they've forgotten about in their business that's really special about them. I love hearing about that and getting generating ideas about how we can make that great. I'm really good at storytelling and I see things in pictures. So as soon as I talk to someone, I can see exactly what it can look like. And so you know, I guess after all the years I've been doing this and we've been doing it as an agency that I am getting better at dealing with the clients that I know that really want to go on that journey, that really want to, are excited about that too. And so you've got to pick the right partners that want to do that. Yeah. And that's important. And so, yeah, you know, look, we're, we're very specialty in what we do and we don't sort of try to be all things to all people. And I think I think that's probably where we stand out. I know there's a lot of businesses that sort of tack that social media onto what they do. And like I hand on heart, I know that we can do that, you know, a hundred times better than someone else because we really just focus on that storytelling. You're so good. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Such great tips in this show. Thank you for sharing them. Thank you for having me. I would like to wrap up with if people want to connect with you more. I know you have a really great gift that we'll offer to the listeners. We'll start there. But then also, if you could recap who your ideal customer is, your niche, and just remind the listeners who they are. And then if they wanted to work with you, what would they do? Where do they go to find out more about you? So I think you have a freebie, don't you? You were offering like a nice like download. I can't remember what it was. So gift first and then tell us more about how you can help people. Yeah. So I've just got a, like a process of that sort of that ideal client and kind of some key steps in yeah. terms of really what we've talked about. So having that sort of set out, ideal client, kind of top 10 problems, things like that. Yeah. And it's about really, I think the key thing with when you get the download, it's about people get too caught up in the social media aspect of it. It's really just content. 
it's just really content. It's like saying I'm I'm going to create something and I'm going to put it out on a TV ad and I'm going to put it on the in a mail out. I'm going to put it on the radio. Social media is exactly the same. Yeah, but people get caught up in analytics and shares and blah blah blah. Just create the content. Just identify the client, identify their problems, understand your solutions, and then get the content out there. And then you can start to tweak some of the other stuff later. Yeah, guys. So we have this great download for you. We're going to put a link in the show notes as well. And do you remember the link off the top of your head where to send people? So it's a socialized.com. So socialisd.com forward slash blow up your brand with hyphenations in it. So probably best to go to the link to the John Remember that. <laughs> Have a little go at that, you guys, or you can come <laughs> over to hustlerebellion.com and then you'll see it in this episode. Awesome. And then who do you, remind us, who do you work with again and how yep. can they reach out to you? So we work with brands, basically. Could be a big brand that have intermediaries that sell their product or it could be a service-based business. E-commerce is probably not our key area because I think that that's quite niche in terms of the type of content that you create for that. Yeah. So service-based businesses are really our jam and people who are sort of B2B clients are really good for us, but also yeah. B2C where it might be like you might be a chiropractor or a financial planner or accountant or a lawyer and you're really, you know, trying to sort of sell services and got good stories to tell. And so if you go to our website, which is socialized.com, you can book a call. So it's really just a, you know, 30-minute call and no obligation. I'll just have a chat with you, find out what you want to do. I can tell you what we do and how that works. And then we just go from there. So that's as simple as it is. Perfect. And you guys, that's why I had Nicole on this show ultimately is because I want to refer you guys to her because we at Website Love don't do general social media posts. We're very much website focused and also ads, but we don't go into that side of it, the organic and the storytelling and all of that. And I highly recommend her. I've seen her work. And so if you are a service-based business, and I know a lot of you guys are, (laughs) you might want to take her up definitely on the freebie to start with. Absolutely. Just jump on a call and see if you guys are a fit. Yeah. Awesome. She's really, really good at what she does. So great. Excellent. Thank you. Are there any last little tips or thoughts that have come up that you want to leave our listeners with before we say goodbye? You know, it's just start. I think we can all get overwhelmed in the, you know, paralysis by analysis. And sometimes it's, just doing one video or, you know, one social post and starting the process, but definitely work out who that ideal client is and then everything else becomes a lot easier. Ah, Beautiful. Great words of wisdom there at the end. All right. Well, that is it for this episode, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you, Nicole, for joining us and sharing all these great little tips throughout the conversation. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you all soon. Hey, Hustle Rebels, if you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.